0: It's time for another episode of the Shop Notes Podcast. This is episode number 90. I'm Phil, along with Logan and John, and today's topic is a little bit of what's new and trick or treat yourself. Also want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Shaper Tools. They're the makers of the Shaper Origin handheld CNC router that brings digital precision to the craft of woodworking. Tackle joinery, cabinetry, hardware installation, and more with speed and precision. Try it risk-free in your shop for 30 days. Just visit shapertools.com to learn more. Last, or a couple weeks ago, we talked about John and his moving extravaganza. Yeah. That he's working on. I, I sort of feel like he's moving in here, a little bit. <laughs> uh, I'm moving back in, hot back. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bringing it all back. <laughs> he's like a he's like a boomerang
1: child, Just finding he's, little nooks and crannies to put everything. And yeah, I labeled it, you know, <laughs> put masking on tape it. on the
0: bottom of it. John yeah. Doyle. Yep. So. Which got me thinking about two things. One is, uh, what was I thinking? It was called uh, Tools We Hate to Love. mm
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And then also things that you would want in your shop. Because mm. I feel like, you know, I personally if somebody gives me something, I attach a high value to it psychologically. So I have a hard time getting rid of it Conversely, yeah. er and going along with it. If I have a tool that works really well, even if I don't use it all that often, I have a hard time getting rid of it. What got me thinking about it is talking with one of our other editors, Eric Logie, and he was mentioning he's got, uh, He's got a Porter Cable 690 router that he's... And he wants to get a new one. Mm, You can't get a new Porter Cable 690. No. He just wants a new router, but his 690 just still runs like a champ. It refuses to die. Yeah. It refuses to die. So it feels like he can't get rid of it.
1: Yeah.
2: Which is fair.
1: Yeah. uh, I have an old, not old, I mean, it's probably 20 years old, a Craftsman uh, cordless drill that still has one good battery, Whereas I've since bought a DeWalt cordless drill and Ryobi cordless drill, but I still have that Craftsman. I never use it, and it still works. And it's like, can I get rid of it? Or, I mean, it's hard to... If it still works, what do you do? Give it away? You just go
0: to uh, Interstate Battery and have them build you a new battery for it. There you go.
1: But it's like I have other tools that I've replaced. (laughs) I mean, it still has one good battery. I mean, it still has a battery, and it still works, but every, you know, this doesn't work as well. At least I think it still works. I don't use it. But it's stuff like that where it's like you just hang on to it and Mm -hmm. just don't need it. I feel like it's it's a game of momentum for me. Sometimes I get in uh, a phase where I'm just like accumulating stuff and letting stuff pile up. And right now, with the moving, it's like I'm in the momentum of getting rid of stuff and cleaning out and yeah, going that route. So it feels good. It feels good.
0: Okay.
1: Maybe start so, over. So
0: so when you're getting rid of stuff, are you the garage sale sort? Like you're gonna have a big. Doyle family garage sale.
1: See, we've done that in the past, and it's just so much work to to like clean up and get it all organized and get stuff priced and find or, all I, the tables. I, yeah, I feel like if stuff of decent value, I'll just do like a single sale. Like, because we have Facebook Marketplace now, and it's easy to put one thing up and sure. connect with somebody to sell it and. A lot of stuff, it's just like donate it to, you know, a lot of the little stuff or find somebody that can... That's the thing. It's hard to just throw something of value, or at least that would be a value to someone else, just throw it away. So the hard part is connecting with somebody that can use it and you can just give it to without too much inconvenience to myself. So that's the hard part.
2: See, I... I have the problem of, not necessarily tools, because I'm very much a buy it, sell it, you know, like, that's kind of my MO and how I kind of do tools. But there are certain tools that I have a sentimental attachment to. I I do that with wood, though. Like, I get all these Mm -hmm. weird, like... People like, oh, hey, you're a turner. Like, just last week, John and I were delivering a piece of furniture in town. I'm like, yeah, uh, John, do you mind if I stop by and grab something? One of our listeners, uh Alex, had a uh, root ball that he had dug out of his yard. He's like, hey, this might be cool to turn. You want to grab it? It's like, yeah, heck yeah, I grab it and and see what comes of it. So people give me weird like pieces of wood like that. I mm-hmm. get attached to those more so right. than I get attached to tools. So, yeah. okay. um, like I had a, a guy that I, I met, uh, down in Oskaloosa, uh, he gave me a bunch of, um, Osage orange and some mulberry. It's like, they're sitting in my garage still just a little chunks of it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to do something with it at some point. Cause you know, I, uh, got them given to me by Mike. So we'll see. Yeah. but I don't know. I yeah, there's. I don't know if there's any tools necessarily that I would say I'm attached to. Yeah. Now there are plenty of tools that I like that I hate that I like them. Yeah. But, um,
0: for example,
2: um, a good well, just from a, I don't know, from a philosophical standpoint, I hate that I really like my Mercaderos. Like I hate the fact. That it is a $600 sander, but I absolutely love it. Like, I hate that I can't get the same thing done with a... I I can't get the same thing done with a $60 sander. That's not true. But it just changes the way I work. And I also hate that I like the simple clamp-style doweling jig that I have, you know. Because...
0: Like, what do you mean the cl- the self-centering one? Yeah.
2: Self-centering ones, the ones, okay. that, the ones that you twist the knob yeah. and it, it self centers. Um, I, whenever I need a s- stupid joint for something, it's the easiest, it's like, it's, it's just an easy thing, you know? Right. Um, and I hate the fact that I rely upon that just because the perception is that dowel joinery is not good, which is not the case. But
1: it just seems lazy.
2: It, it does. It, it seems lazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> Yes, John, it seems it's lazy.
1: like <laughs> I'm not going to do a hand cut mortise yeah. and tenon. I'm just going to get out the doweling jig. Doweling. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Now, okay. So there is <laughs> another one. Um, the other one that I really, I don't own personally. We have a set here um, at the shop. Is the woodpecker's right angle clamps or right okay. angle jig? Yeah. Like they're the you know corner. Like
0: the like squaring.
2: Yeah, and simply squares. I've, I've used the plastic ones before. Um, i used shop made ones. Ugh, the woodpecker's ones just work so well, and I'm, i I mean, I think. Oh, I could. You know, get the same thing done with uh, the, you know, not to throw anybody under the bus. Rockler makes a plastic one with a uh, clamp that slides into like little slots in it. And right. And it's like an F-style clamp. Uh, like, oh, that's, that one's a third of the price. Mm-hmm. But the Woodpecker ones just work so freaking well. I hate it, but they, they work. Yeah. I hate that. I hate the fact that they work that much better than the plastic ones. <laughs> that's what I hate. Yes. is what I'm getting, is what I'm getting at. So.
0: No, that's true. Cause I've used, um, there's some aluminum ones, assembly mm-hmm. squares. And I, I had a set of those for a while and have a couple of the Rockler ones. I've made a few plywood ones and you're right. There's really nothing wrong with them but having the clamp built into the woodpecker's ones
2: does make them they they hold very tightly
0: yeah and they have the threading on it is pretty coarse so you can really Mm -hmm. spin it fast and get it to lock down rather than a lot of fumbling around with them so
2: I would agree with that And I mean, inherently, this is coming from me who really likes nice, expensive tools. They're expensive. I mean, they're like 230 bucks for the set of four of them. Um, But they're like, they're machined in the USA, you know, they're like, they put some good, they put some good quality behind it. So I, I don't really mind it. And I will order a set for myself at some point. Um, when I do my next big vintage tool purge that I'm hoarding now, uh, so <laughs> they're, you know,
0: so do you think you don't get attached to tools because you have this flipping?
2: Yeah. Oh, side yeah, hustle. I, I guarantee that's what it is. Yeah. Guarantee. I don't, or you flip tools because you don't get attached to them. Uh, that could be as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, just thinking in my shop, there are like three tools I would not sell and that's it. Like okay. every other tool I would have no problem selling it and replacing it with something else. Um, you know, thinking about my, my blue spruce chisels, my, um, my planes, my Lee Nielsen planes, like I, I would have no problem selling any of those. And Replacing them, something else. The the three that I probably would not sell is uh, my Bill Carter, my little Bill Carter plane, my um, English miter plane that I uh, that I made, and there's probably one or two others in there. I wouldn't I wouldn't sell my my turning tools either. I don't, and and you know what that probably <laughs> is. It's because I'm not in the market of buying and selling turning tools. There isn't that big a market for a sec, you know, a secondary market for turning tools. Right. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell my Jim clues set of tools and my turning tool kit.
0: Hmm. So, okay.
2: Yeah. And maybe that's because I don't know, turning tools are a little different because the tools themselves are very consumable, if that makes sense. So yeah. you, during a year of turning, you know, my tools probably get, depending on which tool it is probably gets shortened by about an inch from sharpening. So they probably only have a five-year lifespan for me. So, you know, they're kind of a different animal altogether. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, I kind of like in this moving process, I kind of feel that way about my Workshop. It's like I look at my workbench and the tool cabinets and stuff I have, and it's like they're of value to me, and I don't want to just leave them behind. But if somebody else wanted them and can use them, uh, I would definitely negotiate on that because how fun would it be to like build another work, like a new workbench or new, oh, tools, yeah, sure. like kind of start from scratch and yeah, and and do all that stuff again. Or uh, we've done a lot of like the one wall workshops would be conducive to a new garage or something like that. So it's like, I have, you know, some attachment to them and, uh, use for them, but it's like, I could also let them go and start over.
2: Yeah. I, now that I think about there is one, I do have a hands off from my grandpa. My grandpa was the type of guy that he bought a lot of really, really, really cheap tools. Like, As much as I like to buy expensive tools, he's on the opposite end. (laughs) And somehow, somehow I ended up with a Atkins, big old Atkins ripsaw from him. um, That was in really nice shape. And I sent it out to uh, Bob Page up in uh, Michigan and had it sharpened. Uh, I would not sell that. I think maybe another reason why I don't have an attachment to my tools sentimentally um, is because I'm always kind of shifting my tool. Uh, my toolbox kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, recently I've kind of got into English tools, so I'm right. starting to kind of shift my my tool setup to English tools. Um, I could very easily see shifting to Japanese style tools. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know. I always I see my my toolkit being a very fluid. I'm toolkit fluid. <laughs> <so>. <laughs>
1: You have to define define yourself. That's what you are. Yep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Could you see yourself shifting to like all Chinese tools, like go all Harbor freight <laughs> harbor at some freight. point?
2: <laughs> uh, so my mechanics tools, like if you go to my garage, that's exactly what it is. Cause mm-hmm. I lose them all the time. There you go. Yep.
0: I, I think that's funny. Cause I, uh, Chris and I were on another podcast,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, as guests, and the host of that podcast had mentioned that uh, tool buying advice, like what we would offer for tool buying advice, you know, and you always hear something like, get the best that you can afford and, you know, buy only what you need at when you need it, kind of a thing, which sure. is all well and good. But when I look back over my tool purchases, because I have buy I have buyer's remorse before I actually buy something, so I don't
2: you're guilty about buying it before you even buy it
0: right, yeah, that's uh that's very German farmer of me. that's a genetic disposition that I have it's mm-hmm. it's way deep down uh, but as I've looked back over my tool buying, i like you, I've shifted my interests or focus or whatever on different ones. And it's almost like, just don't sweat it. Just buy a tool. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and you can either use it as an opportunity when you decide to move on from that tool to give it to somebody else Mm -hmm. who's getting into the craft of woodworking or needs those kind of tools, uh, or flip it, you know, sell it. So you don't get all your money back. Big deal. You've had that tool and you got to use it for a while, or yeah. maybe there is a chance for you to get most or all of your money back and then move on to something else. Like I, I feel like sometimes we agonize over the wrong thing when it comes to tool buying. Like, sure. You probably, we're all human. We're going to end up buying junk at some point, And it's a totally yeah. flop tool, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, is that what's gonna ruin your experience with woodworking? Probably not.
2: Yeah, nice tools will help your experience with woodworking. Yeah, the it, they
0: will, but you know, when you're just learning woodworking, yeah, for the most part, is it the tools that's holding you back, or your own inexperience and in learning? Skill. You
2: know, and I think I think you will quickly, at, depending on how quickly you get into woodworking, let's, uh, let's just say a hobby in general. And if you really apply yourself to it, I think quickly you'll realize the limitations of what you have, or you will realize ways to work with those limitations. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, maybe you have a, crap, it's one of the, ugh, the only tool that I've really ever had that I'm like, oh, this thing's a piece of crap. Was an old I my from uh one of my grandpas I got a oh, it was a router table. It was like one of those cast aluminum hmm. router tables that they sell at Menards and you know, they're like maybe thirty bucks. They're not good. Sheet yeah. metal legs. I mean, it's almost more dangerous to use it than it is to clamp a router in a vise and use it. <laughs> and that was the only thing that i have ever really bought that i was like i I didn't didn't buy it i just got it given to me that was the only thing i was ever like yeah i understand why this is not a good router table why everybody told me not to get it so but free is free right you know and i guess with my with i'm never really afraid to buy a tool because i buy and sell so many i I don't generally bury myself in a tool. If, if it's, if I can, I don't ever buy a tool for more than what I could sell it for. <laughs> and yeah, only exception being like my saw stop, because yeah. I mean, that's going to be my saw forever. Um. So, you know, it's never been one of those things that I'm necessarily scared to, to spend the money on. Um, but uh, that being said, again, I gotta, You got to try stuff. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I feel like in the course of using the tool or tools, you will realize, like you said, whether it meets your needs or that you want to upgrade it to do even better with it, or like this isn't really a necessary tool for me. There's other ways for me to get around it that I don't even need it. So if it was a junky tool, you just move it along and you don't have to get a replacement for it necessarily. It's just, you know, like, I remember my brother, uh, bought a detail sander, one of those tiny little, you know, triangle shaped, whatever. Cause I mean, it just seems like it was super cool and it had different, pad attachments for different shapes and whatever. And, you know, he used that thing like three times over the, however many years he had it and then he sold
2: it. Yeah. I was gonna say that's another tool that I love to hate, but I love it. (laughs) I, it's not necessarily a dedicated detail Sanders. I've talked about how I hate having stuff that only does one thing in my shop, but those little oscillating tools.
0: Mm-hmm. oh yeah like,
2: they're kind of a homeownery type tool like oh hey i need to cut a vent in flooring you know yeah. it's a good thing i love the freaking sanding attachment for that it's a little <laughs> triangle sand it's like this is so stupid i hate that this thing works so well uh i know i talked about it on podcast probably, probably a year ago when i was working on that uh poker table i used that thing to sand inside of the like little recesses i routed freaking, sure and like no other way i'm going to sand that i mean the only other way i could do it is by hand or with a card scraper a little stupid thing worked really well. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. I was just thinking about that tool right before you said that too, because I had to buy it, an oscillating tool to cut the back out of that cabinet that yeah. I was building. So it was like kind of like this was the only like legitimate thing that I could, you know. I had to get this tool for this particular job, yeah. and it's like when am I going to get to use it again? It's like <laughs> yeah. I still have it, like you know, in my shop, and it's it's like do I get rid of it or Am I going to, is it going to, you know, be useful again? So wait and see. It'll hang around for a little bit longer, I guess.
0: There you go. So, so are there any you, tools, John, that you have that you would not get rid of?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, they're all replaceable. I have uh, a router table right now that I would like to build in the router table into my table saw um, table, you know, the, the side table or whatever, just, to um, you know, have a little bit more space in the shop to, to get rid of that footprint of the router table. So I think that once I get to that point, maybe that would be the next thing to go. Not that I don't need a router table. It's just, I need probably more space. So,
2: yeah, well, it's already here.
1: Right. That's one thing that I wheeled in yesterday.
2: <laughs> he wheeled it in, he's like, he's You see like, nothing. I was like, Tuck this away
1: into the prop room. <laughs> it's gonna be here for here a few weeks and then on again,
0: hopefully. So active interest media and self storage. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's secure and climate controlled. So Right. Right. That's you right, can't be that free. Yep. So. Yeah. And I was sitting here thinking, what are there tools that I wouldn't get rid of? And I think probably would be ones that either a, I was given or that I made. Cause I've yeah. made quite a few tools mm-hmm. and you know, like the, uh, Damascus steel block plane yep. that I have, uh, spoke shave, wood spoke shave from the Lee, uh, Lee Valley kit. Uh, of course now I can't think of them off the top of my head. What other ones that I've made.
2: Yeah. Well, see my, my, my biggest issue with like, um, the miter plane and, um, one of the, one of the projects that's going to be coming up for pop wood is going to be building an ads. Um, I have a friend in town that is a very good blacksmith. So we're into a article on ads building, uh, kind of like, oh boy. Yeah, it's gonna be kind of more of a, like a tool making article. So we're not—I don't want to crush everybody's hopes and dreams of it being woodworking magazine by putting blacksmithing in there. But like, it's my my problem with with selling tools that you made is you're never gonna get out what you put into it. Oh yeah, per, I mean personally, yeah. unless mm. you're building them for that purpose to sell them, and you've started to make your name, you're just not gonna like. Right, my Meyer planes I've made. I mean, two of them probably 20 hours into each one of them. I'm not going to get 20 hours worth of money out of that. Yeah. Plus the materials, you Plus know, the materials. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's plus if you take the time they work really well. So it's like, why would I get rid of it?
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I think I would also have a hard time getting rid of, uh, I have a Lee Nielsen carcass saw. That one would be, it just is a sweet tool. Love that one. My um, Bosch Colt Palm Router. Yeah. 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 Probably my DeWalt 735 planer.
2: Yeah. Now, if I remember right, your Lee Nielsen was a gift, right? Yeah. So is that the reason you want to get rid of it? Or is it because it's just a nice saw?
0: Uh, It's a really nice saw. I. I love using it. It's even though it has the open tote, which isn't something that I'm more, I gravitate more towards a closed tote Mm -hmm. saw. Um, but it just feels really comfortable in my hand. It cuts like a dream. It's filed for cross cut, but I use it for dovetails and tenons and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah.
2: You know, my, the only tool that my wife has ever bought me, she bought me two. Did she buy me two? No, she bought me one. Uh, she bought me the little Lee Nielsen block plane. Um, the 102, I think. Oh yeah. The little bronze one. Uh, and I, I love that block plane. It's a great block plane, but I don't think, I don't feel like I have a sentimental attachment to it just cause my wife bought it for me. Hmm. Maybe because it's a little, I don't know. I don't know. My, my thought is if I, if I would sell it for some reason, I'm going to replace it with another block plane. Right. Maybe just to, to have a different block plane. I don't know. Maybe I just get bored. Maybe I have like woodworking ADHD. <laughs> Probably I can't <laughs> stick on one thing for too long.
1: Mm-hmm. I think we've
0: diagnosed it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Narrowed it down. But...
0: Yeah. Cause there's been other tools where I've, swapped out and I just haven't missed a beat on. There were some things that I thought that I would be more attached to that. I'm not.
2: Okay.
0: I think we made a lot of progress today, guys.
2: (laughs) I say, John, (laughs) is this a podcast or is this a
0: therapy session? This is tool therapy. It's, it's really what, what it is. Yeah. So speaking of tools though, and, uh, kind of what's new around here is we're offering some new tools for sale.
2: Yeah. So we are going to be selling, uh, actually they're, they're actually live right now. Um, I'm gonna give you a little backstory before you say what they are. Uh, so over the years, um, I think like most people, uh, I've kind of went through a bunch of different sharpening systems, started with sandpaper on a piece of marble. Was scary sharp. Um I went to Waterstones, loved my water stones, but god they were a mess and they wear really quickly. If you do a lot of sharpening, they wear quickly. Um, so I swapped those <laughs> speaking of swap the tools, I swapped my water stones out for oil stones. And that's what I've been using for the last couple of years. And they work well but when I was uh down in Vegas a couple probably a year ago, um, Jimmy clues was using a little card sharpener. Um, they call it a credit card sharpener. It's a little diamond, little diamond credit card shaped sharpening stone to touch up his tools. He said, Oh yeah. He's like my, my, my friend from England makes these there, uh, his name's James Berry and they sell them. Um, they used to sell them through a company here in the U S um, and it's shifted that company is now selling a different kind of lower quality stone. Um, But he said, oh, he's like, he makes all these different diamond stones. And I started using them. I'm like, holy crap. These things like they cut extremely fast. Now, Steve Johnson in our shop, our shop craftsman has been a huge fan of diamond stones for a long time, I'm sure. I'm sure he's been talking about diamond stones for years because he's really into these like exotic Japanese steels and Swiss steels and stuff and stuff that you really need diamonds to sharpen. Right. Um, and my experience with diamond stones has been with lower quality stones. Um, I've kind of bought some of the cheaper diamond stones that are, you know, on really thin metal sandwiched on the outside of plastic. right? And they, I've just never been impressed with them but i got a hold of james berry in the uk uh who makes these stones and james is really well known in the sharpening world he's been on the woodworking tour circuit for you know 30 years i mean the guys he basically built up the diamond stone industry in the woodworking world um so i got a hold of him he he sent me a couple samples of his stones and they are absolutely phenomenal um so I asked, I I went to everybody here and said, Hey, what do you guys think about selling these? Because they work really well. They're a very nice stone. And right now there's no distributor in the U.S. for them. Uh, So we are going to be selling uh, the James Berry sharpening system. Um, They're distributed through a company in the U.K. uh, named Titman Edge. Um, And Titman Edge has a bunch of different products. Sharpening, the James Berry sharpening system is one of those. Um, So, yeah, we have, we're going to have three different kits. Um, they are, right now they are on store.woodsmith.com, um, but we have basically three different kits. The eight inch, there's an eight inch kit. that kind of is, I'm going to call it the, you know, all in one kit. Um, it has uh, the three by eight double-sided diamond stone. So the stone is a 300 and a thousand grit, um, 300 on one side, a thousand on the other. Uh, it has lapping fluid, it has a leather strop in it, it has uh, diamond paste, which is kind of that final polish on the edge. Um, they actually, they call it mirror paste, um, but it is about an 8,000 equivalent grit. Um, and then that all comes in a carrying case with a non-slip pad for the uh, for the stone. Uh, we have a couple other stones as well. Um, 180 grit 600 grit um and then you can buy the 300,000 grit with just the stone without the rest of the kit um, then we have all the other kind of peripheral stuff the lapping fluid um, the leather straps um, we have a strap block that has a smooth side leather on one side uh, then it's mounted on it's mounted on some uh, high quality baltic birch the other side is the rough side so you get both the smooth and the rough of the leather one stone um and we also have the little credit card sharpeners Mm. uh which kind of are my new favorite thing not one of those things that i hate to love um but they're like stupid handy little things because you can actually sharpen router bits with them which is really nice like i don't know the last time this i've ever i don't think i've ever actually ever sent out a i'm sorry i don't know why that dinged Uh, i don't know i've ever actually sent out a router bit to be sharpened i just replaced it like yeah like yeah i'm in the middle of a project i need (laughs) a particular router bit instead of instead of sending it out waiting to keep working on my project i just go to the store and buy a new router bit which is stupid and wasteful and that's the american way of thinking in my opinion But with these diamond sharpeners, I mean, you know, we all know diamonds hard, it will actually cut carbide, right? So you can sharpen your router bits with these card sharpeners. So super cool. I uh, keep, I keep one in my turning smock so I can touch up edges before I go back to the grinder, hopefully extending the life of my turning tools. Um, but these are, products that I asked us to carry because I really like them. So uh, I'm pretty excited about them. Um, I mean, they are, if somebody has ever bought a lower quality diamond stone, I mean, it's comparing apples to oranges. I mean, completely. Um, These are, uh, it's funny. I, I spent a lot of time on the phone with James as I was learning about these stones and there's a lot that goes into making it diamond stones. Um, the biggest thing is the flatness of the stone, the quality of, the quality of the diamond that's used and the bonding agent, whether that's a resin, whether that's a plating, um, whatever it is to hold the diamonds to the substrate. Yeah. Uh, but then the flatness of the substrate is the biggest thing. Um, and these are like precision machined to within one thousandth of an inch on the eight by three before they're plated. Then they get nickel plated with the diamonds. And I'm going to give people way more information than they want to know about diamond stones, but that's (laughs) because I like to talk. (laughs) So then the nickel plating gets applied and that holds the diamonds down to the surface. What happens is those diamonds think of it like an iceberg that's floating in the ocean, right? Most of the diamond is under the nickel plating like an iceberg is. So you only have that little tip of the diamond sticking out the top. Um, and what happens is because of that, you can't get like an ultra, ultra fine diamond stone, no matter what you do. Uh, so when I say like the professional kit that we're going to be selling is a 600 and a thousand grit. In my mind, if somebody just says, Hey, I'm, I'm sharpening a thousand grit. I think they need to go finer when they're sharpening. Cause a thousand grit is pretty coarse still for a like really sharp edge. It's pretty right. coarse, but the thousand grit diamond stone, uh, at least these diamond stones being a quality stone, are is very comparable to like a four to six thousand grit water stone. Oh, but okay. they cut as quickly as like a six hundred grit stone. So not only do they give you a finer edge but they cut much quicker. Um, and it was funny. Uh, we have a set of chisels in the video studio um, from a guy by the name of Andrew Kimmins, uh, And Phil destroyed an edge. I'm throwing it under the bus Phil. He destroyed an edge on Hickory <laughs> and-
0: Let's be clear, the Hickory destroyed the edge. Went,
2: okay, f- that's fine. Hickory destroyed the edge. But like in three minutes, I had a brand new edge on that thing. And you would have never known that it, chop through a bunch of hickory. Like it was awesome. Um and when you when you pair that with the mirror paste and the strap. Now according to James and uh the guys who are at Titman Edge, they say use the diamond paste on the rough, the coarse side of the leather strap. Okay. Um personally, I don't know that it matters um then you use that Smooth side kind of for your final polishing, and you could probably go with the even finer buffing compound on there if you wanted. Um, but using that, so the 600,000, then the mirror paste, it gives me every bit as good an edge as my three oil stones that I have. Oh, yeah. Um, and in a quarter of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have pretty much converted to diamond stones now. Um, because of this system, so I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about it. I, I hope I hope that people give them a try because I think that a lot of people really really like them. So,
0: yeah.
1: Okay, shut up and take my money.
2: All right, <laughs> <laughs> I got John Doyle on board.
1: I'm ordering one now. Yeah, I'm ordering the kit.
2: Yeah, yeah. no, so they but they are they're super cool. Uh, and the, the really the really neat thing is not not the really neat thing. That sounds cheesy. Anyways, the one of the things that I appreciate is that um, James and Tintman Edge stand behind the stones because they know they're, I mean, they know they're producing a quality stone, so they have a five year warranty on them. So it's like, hey, if somebody's if somebody's backing their product their their diamond stones with a five year warranty, they know that they're a quality stone. Now, diamond stones will wear, contrary to popular belief, that diamond stones don't wear. They do, they don't dish out, but the diamonds will fracture and they will slowly degrade over time. So there's probably about a seven or eight year lifespan on the stones if you sharpen a lot. For most people, they'll last a long, long time. Um, But there is a break in period uh, because of the way the plating process works. There's always a layer of loose diamonds on top when when the stones are fresh. So you have to break them in basically taking off all the loose diamonds, wipe down. So use at the back of a plane blade with the lapping fluid to knock off that top surface. Then you wipe it down, flip it over, do the same thing uh, to kind of break them in. Um, But if for some reason something doesn't work with it, if it starts, if you feel like it's lost its cutting edge over time, um, as long as you're using the petroleum based lapping fluid, five-year warranty on them. So to me, that speaks volumes about uh, how they feel about their own product. So yeah. I'm pretty excited to start selling them. Um, they come from the UK. So we're basically doing a pre-order right now, um, waiting on the product to arrive. So it'll be cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the kit right now on the website and it's like, oh, that's nice to that. All of that stuff just comes like in a little you know, package. I'm thinking yeah. about like, I have water stones and they're sitting in a tub of water. Exactly. And it's like, the, like, go to move it, and the water's sloshing around, yep. it takes up more space and some mess. It's gross. And-
2: yeah (laughs) yeah it's
0: yeah funky yeah
2: (laughs) dylan has a water stone sitting on his i don't know if it's still there like no he he cleaned it out Uh, oh did
0: he yeah he had a a combination stone sitting in a jar of water like it was some kind of lab specimen (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) and it was growing
0: (laughs) yeah well and for the longest time it was just totally fine it was perfectly crystal clear it was like (laughs) it was like mcdonald's fries in the Super Size me documentary and Then and I think he used the stone
1: like the deli jar of pickles of like sitting right. yep. on the counter yeah. pickled.
0: Yep. So, but then all
2: of a sudden it just went and it went hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about those. I, this is a project I've been working on for a long time now. Yeah. Um, probably 10 months I've been working on uh, kind of the logistics, making sure that because I mean, yeah, we sell stuff at Woodsmith, right? And Popwood. We sell product. We sell our content that we produce. I mean, obviously, we can't produce our content for free. Um, and we've we've sold tools. We, we've we made tools here. But we're very particular on what we sell because we don't want to be selling crap. Right, um, We're not in that business of pushing a, a crappy product. Um, so it's been a long, you know, 10 months, almost a year of messing with the stones, make sure that they're going to work how I want them to work, make sure the logistics of, you know, because they come from the UK, there's a lead time on them. Um, I got to make sure that everything's going to, you know, work as far as freight and stuff. Um, So yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, I know some of the big stone sellers in the US have really started to have some quality issues um, uh, from their stone manufacturers. So uh, hopefully people that have tried diamond stones in the past and hated them. will try these and uh, we'll find that they are much better. And as long as they uh, sell well, um, there are a handful of other products, uh, sharpening products from James Berry and Titman edge that I uh, want to add in the mix. They have a like tapered half round file for sharpening um, drill bits. Cool. Um, they use it for uh, for drill bits inside of gouges, uh, concaves in convex surfaces, right? Uh, which would be nice, almost I mean, like
0: uh, like a slipstone kind of. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: It's basically a diamond slipstone. It's a great way to, to put it. And uh, they also have um, a diamond knife sharpener, so like a, hmm. a steel. Yeah. Um, so I think our our friends downstairs at Cuisine uh, could find some value in that. Uh, sure. I know my knives at home definitely could. <laughs> So, but yeah, no, that was cool. It's been a long time in the process, so I'm happy that that is going now.
0: Yeah, we've also included some apparel on the Popwood and Woodsmith store sites.
2: Yeah, um, shop notes apparel is here. Yeah, uh-huh. Is
0: there
1: mugs too? There yeah, is.
0: There's some okay. mugs and stickers. Yep, uh, I know people have been
1: asking about those for a while.
2: They have. Yep. So if yep, so if you guys go to store.woodsmith.com. In the menu bar, you will see apparel. Uh, and we have Popwood sweaters, long sleeve shirts, t shirts. Uh, then we have a bunch of Woodsmith and Shop Notes apparel. So there's stickers in there. There are uh, some really cool, cool throwback like Letterman type jackets. Uh, anybody mm-hmm. wants to feel like in their high school again? Uh, <laughs> you know, hey, just, to, you know. And then we have uh, some Shop Notes podcast apparel too. So t shirts, mm-hmm. um, they are Bella t shirts. Uh, most of the, most of the apparel that we have in here is going to be Bella. So it's gonna be a very soft type cotton, uh, or a cotton blend shirt. Um, there is some really cool, like enamel camp mugs with the shop notes logo. We have some shop notes, podcast mugs. So people have been asking here it is. If there are other particular apparel pieces you want, let us know and we'll see if we can add them. Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah, these are all kind of print-on-demand type stuff, so I'm feeling like a John and Logan show shirt, <laughs> you know?
0: Or the uh, Woodsmith Shop caricature sticker Yeah, yeah, on a shirt.
2: Yep. So This is what the people want. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll no, see. It's
2: that's that's another thing. It's been, God, I'm just, like, ticking stuff off left and right. Getting that apparel up on the store mm-hmm. has been on my list for... Since uh, February, I think, is when my email was that I had login credentials. So, yeah, about time. Just in time for Christmas. There you go. Yeah, it's getting there. Treat yourself. Or if you really want to confuse your significant other, buy them one. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. So, mm-hmm. get her
1: the get her diamond stone. Get her diamond stone.
0: Yeah. All right. Any other updates? Logan, you got any project updates?
2: Um, humidor still in process. Nice. AKA not started. Uh, my Spanish cedar <laughs> did not come in. The Those Spaniards.
1: It's got a ship <laughs> yeah. all the way from Spain. So yeah. <sighs> yeah. probably stuck in the Suez Canal or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how did, that works. D- who knows which we way to thought- come? Yeah. Did
2: I say this last week? It actually doesn't come from Spain. I didn't know that. It comes oh, from yeah. South America. Uh, didn't know that. The spanish just um, claimed it right yeah no the uh yeah that's what they came it's to, imperial it came cedar. for gold and cedar mm-hmm. yep um no i ordered the spanish cedar with a minimum of six inches in width they didn't have six inches they had four inches so they just didn't ship it <laughs> so like dang it it's like yeah send me four inch stuff i'll glue it together dang it hmm. so um so that's that's kind of that's still there. It's still looming. I got to get that one shot. I, I do have start for scheduled for to shoot that one, so it's going to happen. Um, did a did a quick turning project last week using the Lyle Jameson turning system or hollowing system. Um, that was a that was a reader requested review. I had a couple people ask about hollowing systems um, just in random emails. So it's like, well, let's uh, let's do something on the hollowing system. So I did a big a big black ash vessel. Um, So uh, that was kind of cool. And right now, uh, Chris Fitch and I are working on some um, of these guys. So these are, this is MDF. The actual plaques are Walnut, um, but they are kind of some CNC plaques. We're going to send out to some of our top advertisers for the magazine because we're celebrating 40 years. And most of them have been with us since the beginning. So, uh, we're kind of going through those guys, uh, to get those done. So cool.
0: Yeah. All kinds of fun stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just looked it up. Spanish cedar is neither Spanish nor cedar.
2: No, what? it's not. It's like, it's like a mahogany, I believe.
0: Yeah. Related to the Swietenia and Kaya families of mahogany.
1: So all the people listening to this podcast that hung on this long. Right. Got some knowledge dropped on them.
0: Yep. Right at the very end. Good for them. That's your woodsmith and popular woodworking truth bomb for today. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn any more about what we've been talking about or see some photos and links, you can check that out on our show notes page, woodsmith.com slash podcast. Otherwise, I... You can also watch it on our YouTube channel and feel free to post your comments, questions, and smart remarks about anything that you see there, or you can send it to woodsmith at woodsmith.com. Thanks for listening to the Shop Notes podcast, everybody. Wanna remind you today's episode brought to you by Shaper Tools. We offer a lot of this material for free, so that's why you sometimes get sponsor messages like this one or a little update on some of the products that we have. It's just another way to be able to help pay for the content that we provide. Uh, Shaper Origin is the handheld CNC that you can use to add digital precision to your woodworking. You can tackle all kinds of things from hardware installation, cabinetry, joinery, all of that with speed and precision. Uh, Shaper Tools even has an offer that you can try it in your shop for 30 days. You can visit shapertools.com to learn more. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week.